Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are in this amazing country of Australia. And this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio with Lyle and... Claire. Who? Claire. Not Monica, I know. Oh, it's yeah. very confusing, where's, isn't where's, it? Where, what, what have you done with Mon? I put her in my pocket. Uh, really? Yes. Okay. And uh, what are your intentions? I will let her come out tomorrow. Okay. All right. So Mon will be back tomorrow. In fact, uh, Mon is not even in this state. You're telling fibs, I think. <laughs> I, I have a suspicion you are telling fibs there, Claire. Yeah, you told me she's in the air. Yeah. Well, she's not anymore. Oh, no. Where is she now? She's now back on the ground. <laughs> she sent me a text message. <laughs> so she is now back on the ground, safe and sound, which uh, she's very happy about because she doesn't like flying. Uh, but yes, Monica is not here, so you're going to be here. I am. Actually, guess what? What? Mon is here. Really? Yes. Where? Right here in the studio. Okay. Because this is the delayed broadcast you're listening to. <laughs> and so, so Mon is right here. So but by the time you hear this, oh, no, she's sitting right, right here yeah, and I'm is, not. This is radio inception kind of thing happening <laughs> at the moment. But if you want to listen to the live show, which is so much better than the delayed show, then of course you need to simply go to faithfm.com.au and push play. You know what else is good about the, the, the faithfm.com.au? What's that? You get a clear signal all the time, everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's nice. And if you'd like to listen to it in your car, you can do that. Or you can use the TuneIn app, which is how I listen to Faith FM. Nice. Yeah, so when I'm travelling in the car, I simply hit the TuneIn app and Faith FM Australia, you've got to search for Faith FM Australia, is in my favourites and I just um, I can just hit that button, of course, before I start the engine. Because <laughs> you are a law-abiding citizen. Yes, that's right. Um, and then you can run it through your Bluetooth, you can run it through your headset, you can run it through your car stereo, you can run it through an aux cord, you can run it through... You know, I run it through a tape insert because my car is Ew. really old. It <laughs> <laughs> has a tape player. Remember those? I do. Yeah, I used to run my discman through that with a tape player. There you go. I remember. Uh huh. That was back in the day. Okay, so, um, and of course, the great thing about that is you get a much better signal. But coming up on today's show, we have a story about sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar and rescue. Rescue, yes, yes. Man fell down a mine shaft. Seals. Oh, yes, a seal. That was like, what on earth is that story all about? Okay, a seal that was um, found sunbaking, which is nothing unusual. That's what they do. But he was like, what, 100 kilometres inland 80, nearly? 80, Okay, 80. So a long way inland. Not much sun either in Britain, but anyway. Yeah, why would you sunbake in Britain? <laughs> um, we just defended all the poms who listen to our show. We have British people who listen over there. We love you. faithfm.com.au. Yes, indeed. And we have a guest interview coming in, a young lady who learnt to speak at about the age of three months old. And if you want to know how she learned that skill, you're going to have to stay tuned. There is more great programming coming up right after this. I've heard of a
My personal favourite version of that song, isn't it? No, awesome? fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, I was singing all along. Lucky you couldn't hear me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so this morning you're listening to Faith FM with Lyle and the fake Mon, Claire. And um, Lyle, tell us some more about Honey, please. Okay, so um, I'm, 
I'm going to talk about emojis instead. Um, what happened to honey? I, I changed my mind. <laughs> okay, right. All right, no, no, I promise. I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it, all right? So let me talk about emojis for a minute. And have you noticed how that um, the gun has disappeared off emojis? Uh, I've never used the gun. Why would I have used the gun that? emoji? The gun. <laughs> you psycho people. <laughs> Why, okay, so it, it started with um, Apple a couple of years ago. They ditched the gun emoji and replaced it with a water pistol. <laughs> And then uh, it was followed by iOS, Twitter, Samsung, and WhatsApp. So they all became water pistols. Uh-huh. And the last of them, of course, um, um, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook have now just come on board and have they have all water pistols across across the board. That's lovely. It's so yeah. peaceful and nice of them. Yeah, is that you, the idea? You, you like shooting people with water <laughs> pistols? It's like peaceful and nice. Actually, I prefer you- to do it with like soft-ended arrows. Can we do that? <laughs> okay, why not? Do you know you can do that? You can play paintball with arrows. I have heard oh, of the that. Funnest thing ever. <laughs> so, so we're learning some things about Claire. There's a, there's a secret violent side, <laughs> b- 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 violent side of Claire that we didn't know about. She wants to go and shoot people with paint ended, paint ended, paint ended arrows. Thank you. I've, I've yes. never tried that. I've tried paintball, and um, I must admit it was actually. So you still had a the gun. Of, a lot of fun. Yes, you I had did. the gun emoji. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, <clears throat> I find it in any case. This is my, this is my contrast for this morning because this is um, you know something that's just taken place, and so that got me to thinking. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, back in what was it, 1996? After 12 years, we'd had uh, five mass shootings here in Australia, and Australia spent 628 million dollars on a gun buyback scheme um, as a public health program. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, in contrast to that, we have a government that steadfastly refuses. To do anything about the greatest public health, one of the greatest public health crises that our country is facing and is going to face in the near future. Which is? Sugar. Tell us lo- oh, sugar. Yeah. Sugar is the, one of the greatest health risks. Public health crises that we have right now. As opposed okay. to guns, because we were just talking about guns. Yeah, because yeah, like 50 people had died in that 12-year period, um, and yet hundreds of thousands of people are dying every year and suffering just incredible amounts because of the influence of sugar. Sugar. You know, that makes sense. We were just learning about at camp last week how they're doing this project called 10,000 Toes, which is uh-huh. an effort to try and save the people in the That's islands. That's in the South Pacific. Yeah, right, because like something like you were telling me, like a statistic of like 50% of the people in Western Samoa yeah. uh, have diabetes. That's right. And that's just under result 50%. Of, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, so, okay, when you think about this and you think, okay, you, you, we look at Western Samoa and places like that uh, where they have a massive diabetes problem, where their life expectancy is at least 20 years less than, than you know, many, many Western European countries, yeah. uh, for instance. Um, and, and, and not only is their life expectancy so short, but these are people who are losing their toes, they're losing their feet, they're losing their legs. Um, they are suffering incredible you know, lifestyle challenges. It's a huge burden on the government, um, on the economy. You've got all these people that you know, simply can't work anymore because of the... And of course, type 2 diabetes is a curable disease. Yeah. There is no, no, no reason to have... Ty- it's, a, it's a lifestyle disease. If you want to stop taking insulin every day, you just change your lifestyle. Hmm. Um, and uh, of course, here in Australia, uh, by 2025, which is not too many years ago... A- away? Away. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what did I Just say? Just a few I away. Go. I go. <laughs> I go. Yeah, this is, this is the delayed broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 2025. <laughs> okay, that would be very delayed, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, this is not the delayed broadcast. This is the live show, and if you're listening to it on Tuesday, then that's because you are listening to the delayed broadcast. <laughs> 2018. And if you'd like to listen to the live show, then you can listen to it on faithfm.com.au or by using the TuneIn app. 
which is a much better option. Okay, but by 2025, 80% of the population of Australia will be obese. Wow, 80%. You know, I remember I remember back in the day when I was young and the first time I went to the States and I've landed in America, I've looked around and gone, oh man, these Everyone's people are Everyone's massive. Fat. Yeah, mm. and, ne- and freaked out by it. Now, we're the same. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And is going to grow by 20% between now and then. Wow. So this is, a, this, is a, this is a bigger health crisis than what we faced back in the 1980s with nicotine. Wow. So potentially that means it could be you and I. No. <laughs> no, it's not going to be – well, speak for yourself. Well, it's not, it's not, not going to be me. me. Not me because I'm not going to make those kind of choices. So you how know, are you Back in the 80s it? and 90s, I didn't make a choice to start smoking. Because I'm like, I'm not going to die of lung cancer. Oh, that's good. Neither did I now was I'm 10. Not, now I'm not... Sorry? Neither did I. I was 10. <laughs> I hey, I had friends that smoked at 10. <laughs> so what made you decide not to? I don't want to die of lung cancer. Oh, it's a good reason. I don't want to die of a long, slow, reason. agonizing mm-hmm. death I know 20 years say, earlier than well, I did. Well, you've got to die of something. You might as well smoke. Well, no, because you won't just die. You'll just... You'll just stretch out your long, miserable existence. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather... And it's exactly <laughs> the same with diabetes. You know, it's a long, miserable existence of injecting yourself with insulin every day and, and gradually losing parts of your body. Awful. So how are we going to avoid it? I'm just going to change my lifestyle. What are you going to do? I already did. <laughs> drastically, this is past. Drastically reduced, drastically reduced my sugar intake. Okay. Yeah, so, so does that mean no, you can't no, eat no, fruit? No, 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 not that kind of, not that kind of sugar. Good, because I like Processed fruit. sugar. Okay. So... Um, there's no uh, in my fridge. There's no chocolates or sweets or sugary drinks or ice cream. Um, it hasn't been there for months, and I don't miss it anymore. Awesome. You know, I have to say the same thing about the sugary drinks thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I didn't, never really liked them that much. Mm-hmm. But I just think that they're the most unnecessary item in your in yeah, your. Yeah, they add nothing to nah, your life. Like if you just drink water, you'll be like, I'm not thirsty anymore, and you just miss out on having like cups and cups and cups of sugar. Yeah, and if you drink sugary drinks, of course, you are thirsty straight away again because it's full of sugar. Yeah. It's designed to make you thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. So, why is our government refusing to do anything about this massive public health crisis? You know, we spent six hundred and twenty-eight million dollars back in the day over a public health crisis, and now the government will not spend a single cent. Is it because we're so attached to our food? It's because it's, it's because it's controlled by uh, big business. The ones. Okay. That- so we have government committees, several government committees um, that are setting food policy, right? Mm. And sitting on those committees are representatives from Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Unilever, Nestle and Kellogg. Of course. They sit on the committees. <laughs> it just sounds like reruns of the same. It's exactly like, it what so was often. happening back in the 70s and 80s with the uh, nicotine companies. Because they were sitting on the board? Yes. <laughs> like, and, and spending massive, massive. You know, the, the, the spending power that these companies have is just phenomenal and they have the spending power to make sure that you die a painful death. Man, I'm supposed to trust my government, aren't I? <laughs> uh, Claire. <laughs> Where, what rock have I been living yeah, under? Sorry. Right. <laughs> I just emerged. Okay, so for instance, here's, here's an example. Um, the government tried to put, uh, um, sorry, the public health um, department within the government tried to put a uh, star rating. Like, on like, sugary drinks. Like the washing machine? Yeah, stars. yeah, like the washing machine. You've got five stars, right? Yes. Or like your hotel, you've got you know, five stars and it goes from one to five as to how healthy it is for you. Um, or in your washing machine case, one to five as to how much electricity it uses. And what's the hotel one? One to five as to how <laughs> clean it is. <laughs> or how much the people who own the motel want to put on the sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they actually have to, um, to get it rated. But anyway, 
The best ratings, of course, are the ones that you get online where you can actually read people's experiences oh, yeah, like, this is re- true. read those reviews. I always <laughs> do that before I go someplace. Um, <clears throat> so they want to put a star rating on sugary drinks. Uh-huh. And so uh, the government sets up a committee to look into like this is a hard thing, you know. You've got to, you've got to set up a committee to do this. A taste testing committee. Okay, maybe something like that. Um, and uh, the committee meets for guess how long? How long? Two and a half years. <laughs> and two and a half years later, they conclude, oh, we can't do that. What do you mean they can't do that? Well, because they've been bought out Ugh. by sugar Companies. big business. So Basically, there's no rating. Big business. So there's no rating on So when were they supposed to put the rating and, and I'm sort of thinking to myself, this is the least you can do. I mean, seriously, you're going to put a star rating? You know, the, the low socioeconomic um, part of our community, which is the most impacted by um, you know, high sugar intake, is not the part of the community that's going to look for a star rating on sugary products. That's true. It's not going to read labels, really. The way, the way that you deal with that is by cranking the price and making people pay for their own health, um, uh, for their own hospital bills. By taxing it so that when they get to hospital, they've already paid for the hospital bills. Yeah, right. So did that work with nicotine? Well, it has. Because you know how, drastically it's how expensive reduced. a packet of cigarettes is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And look at the look, we have the lowest one of the lowest rates of smoking anywhere in the world here in Australia. I mean, we've had a concerted attack on nicotine. We have raised the taxes, we have advertised, we have banned advertising. Yeah, no advertising. We need to be doing the same with sugar. The Bible says a little bit, okay, a little bit of honey, so I'm getting back to it. Uh A little bit of honey is good. Don't eat too much, you'll vomit. Don't eat a lot, else it's going to be really, really bad for you, and it's exactly the same with sugar. It's good advice. Who'd have thought? God knew all along. Absolutely, he did. We're going to listen to Fernando Ortega, crowning with many crowns. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king. Through all eternity Crown Him the Lord of love Behold His hands inside Rich wounds yet visible above In beauty glorified No angel in the sky Can fully bear that sight But downward bends his burning eye At mystery so Victorious in the strife For those He came to save 
Back everybody, you were listening to Fernando Ortega. Crown him with many crowns. We have Carly Curtis Sullivan right here with us in the studio. Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hey, now, Carly, as we get started today, I have some questions for you. Mm-hmm. What nationality are you? I'm Australian. What nationality is your mum? Also Australian. What nationality is your dad? Also Australian. What nationality <laughs> are your grandparents? I think my grandfather on my dad's side is on my. Dad's dad is Irish. Okay. Yeah, keep going. And my dad's mum is English. And my mum's side of the family has been here for ages. Okay. And, and, and you're white Australian because I, you're sitting here in the studio when I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're white Australian with generations of English-speaking ancestry. Yes. And yet your first language growing up was not English. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so how is it possible that you grow up here in Australia and your first language is not English? Did you did you grow up with a foreign language? No. You didn't grow up with a foreign language? <laughs> Correct. It's like okay. there's no answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> right, where is this question going? Okay, so you're going to have to explain this for our listeners. What's your first language, Carly? My first language is Auslan and it stands for Australian Sign Language. Australian Sign Language. And why is that your first language? Because both my parents are deaf, which means that they can't hear. Okay, so when you are a baby, mm-hmm. your parents are signing. Yes. And you pick that up as a baby and you just start signing back. That's how you learn to talk, right? Exactly. That's pretty cool. I have a question um, that goes right along with that. Does a baby learn to communicate faster with sign language or with, um, what do you call it, audible language? Oh, definitely sign language. Really? So how old are you when you could speak? Oh, um, well, I just started speaking at the normal age, like, but... Because you've got brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. No, but I'm talking like signing. Like that's speaking, oh, right? Okay. How old were you when you could first sign? Yeah, how old were you when you could first communicate? Yeah, I that's think, the right word. I think my first sign would have been maybe 
like three months I could like have a, like, a conversation. I would, I would know like some signs for like drink, like milk or eat like I don't I don't remember. I remember paper was my first sign where you just you have two fists and you just knock them together. And I don't know why that's my first time. Because <laughs> it's fun. It's fun for a baby to do. <laughs> that is so cool. Okay, so tell us a little bit about... Um, okay, so you're growing up in a family where neither of your parents hear. Now, tell me this. How deaf... Does, does deafness have like a range? Yeah. So you can either be like hard of hearing. Right. Or you can be profoundly deaf. Uh-huh. Um, both my parents are profoundly deaf. So they're completely deaf. Like as in zero, like nothing. They don't hear a single solitary thing. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Well, you live in the home, so I think I'll trust you on that one. Yeah, my dad, like, well, they can feel vibrations. Yes. And like some sorts of pitches, but they can't like differentiate words. Like you can't actually tell that a person has said a word and just all is a bit of mush sometimes. I think especially for a hard of hearing person, but for a deaf person, like a profoundly deaf person, um... My dad hears like low thumping a lot better and my mum hears like whistling. Okay. But it's still just no sounds, no words or anything. Wow, that's incredible. Um, do they speak as in speak words? Are they able to actually speak, you know, audible, audible words? Surprisingly, yes. And uh, like amazingly well. And how does a deaf person who is profoundly deaf learn to do that? My mum went to a deaf school. Mm-hmm. So she had some teachers who taught her. And my dad had like a speech therapist. Right. So there's obviously techniques that they use. Yeah. And, and do your parents lip read? Yes. Okay. So you had there was no you didn't get away with much stuff in your home that I'm taking. It? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, whenever like you'd get asked to do the chores, like I'd be happy to, of course, but always just you know like turn your head and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some things you can get away with as long as you. So so if you want to say something behind your parents' back, you just turn your head and you're in good shape. Is that how <laughs> yeah, it? Pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, um, was your home a Christian home? No. Well, was it a religious home or a spiritual home? My mum had a faith, like she was Christian. Okay. But no one else in my family really was. And and, and how big is your family? A big family. I've got seven siblings now, but um, growing up, I had six older siblings. So Uh I'm I'm number seven. Yep. And I've got a little brother who's eight years younger than me. Okay. Um, and his first language was signing as well? Yeah, all of us. All of you started all of with us. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes cool. you, do you just talk to each other in sign? Oh, definitely, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> just Even to, though you can talk to each other, you yeah. prefer because it's your original language. Well, yes and no. Like if we're in the car and my parents are driving, like we'll just have a conversation and your parents can't hear you. So you can talk about literally whatever. And they can't talk to you either because they're driving. Oh, well, <laughs> if it's just you in the car and you're in the front seat, it's... It's kind of dangerous, actually, but I don't know. Like, mum just drives with her knees on the steering wheel and just... Like, yeah, maybe we won't put that out on the radio. <laughs> that was a bad idea because my mum actually is quite a terrible driver. <laughs> oh, she just got called out. <laughs> but she can't hear it because so, it's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, true. This is time. true. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, okay, so you've grown up in a... You're saying your mum had, had, a, had a faith in God? Yes. Um, my my mum's mum is actually Catholic. Okay. Um, but she's, yeah, I don't know. She's a loving Catholic. Like, she's very... She's an amazing woman. Yeah, although yeah, she God. doesn't actually know the Bible for herself. Right. She's, like, found God. And mum knew that growing up. 
I think yep. she can like really found the love in my nan. Mm-hmm. Um, and mum has like amazing stories, like especially like being deaf. She's she's been like caught in situations like where miracles have happened, and she's known that someone like she's in a dangerous situation that like hearing people should be able to tell. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know, maybe angels must have guided her yep. through safely. Yeah, fantastic. Like driving on the road, or yeah. <laughs> so you're you're obviously a Christian, somebody who really loves the Lord and serves God. Mm. How did you come to be a Christian? So my mum actually, no, okay. So my parents got married when I was three. Mm-hmm. So my dad had three um, children, and then my mum did as well, and then they had me. Mm-hmm. So they got married in a church when I was three. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the first time I'd been to church, and it was um, a Pentecostal church. And we'd we'd only go there maybe Easter or Christmas, but I remember it must have been Easter because uh, that was the first time I'd heard about Jesus dying on the cross for me, and I just thought it was the most amazing thing. Um, Absolutely. It is the most amazing thing. (laughs) But how old were you again? Uh, I was about three. 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 When I was three, I don't think I even knew what words meant. That's amazing. (laughs) I loved, um, my mum loves telling, like, saying that I, like, loved God at that time anyway. Like, my brothers and sisters, like, oh, my goodness, who, who, I don't know this person. And it's just me just dancing and loving God. And then when I went to preschool, she put me, my mum took me to one right next to my nan and pop, um, where I became best friends with the Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. Um, Yeah, and it was really through his family that I found God in that way. Um. And his family actually learnt sign language for my parents. Oh, really? Yeah. Talk about dedication. How, how long does it take to learn sign language? Um, it depends. If you can take a course and it's just like six weeks, so like once a week and you've got like the basics down, you can have full conversations. And Oh, really? Yeah. I'm thinking sign language. It, it melts my brain every time <laughs> I see it being done. It's just like, what on <laughs> earth is going on there? And it looks to me to be so hard. And it, I've never tried to learn sign language, but, you know, it's once or twice like, yeah, I'd love to learn Spanish or something like that. You know, some cool languages out there that would be really, really useful to have. And, you know, I try and learn a phrase or pigeon. You know, I was yes. preaching up in Papua New Guinea. like, oh, I'll learn pigeon while I'm here. And they gave me a phrase to learn. I'm like, yep, okay. And I stand up to say that phrase and it's completely gone out of my head. <laughs> and then when I read it off the piece of paper, I'm like reading it because I can read the words, but... You know, the sounds are coming out. I have no idea what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> what is going on here? And so I've always sort of thought of sign language as being infinitely more difficult than that. But you're I saying like... Watch in them. At you hope they have someone doing it, interpreting... Okay, so I should say that Claire Claire goes to uh, New Hope Church in Sydney, which is where the Aussie pastor is based. Correct. So media is something that you are familiar with. Fairly, yes. Yeah, it's and a media, they have, media church. They have a... Um, a would it be Auslan, I guess? Auslan translation mm. there. So if you're deaf, you can watch and you can understand what's going on. That's really cool. Yeah, I love watching her. Sometimes I don't even watch Lloyd. I just watch the lady translating. Does it well, you should learn sign language. You should learn sign language, Claire, so that you should. can actually figure That's out true. what's being said. I would love to do that. I may have a bias, but I find it so much easier to learn because it actually like the signs make sense. Once you do because okay. Let me correct you on that. The signs make no sense at all because <laughs> I watch them and it's like, no, I'm glad they make sense. That's cool. Yeah. It's very cool. That's awesome. Okay, so your next door neighbours. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry, your, no, your best friends. Yeah. Your preschool best friends' parents learn sign language so that they can be friends with your parents. Yes, and so their whole family knew it. 
So now I've got to say this. I've just got to put it out there that when it comes to that, that's Christianity in, in practice right there. Mm. That's genuine Christianity. That's people who have a love for people and who care for people and uh, have taken a genuine interest. I'm, I'm super impressed, you know, because so often, you know, people come to me like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, Christians are all just a bunch of hypocrites and, you know, they always talk about love and they're never loving and my local football club has more love than your local church. And, you know, you hear all this criticism, but you hear stories like this and I'm like, no, that's a genuine Christian. That's a loving and lovable Christian right there. Definitely. Praise God. We're still like family friends and out of all my siblings that are all older than me and like none of the family friends, like there's no family friends apart from this family. Is that so? Yeah. And like I'm best friends with that friend still. Did you go right through school with um, your best friend or is it? It was actually his younger sister. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yep. But um, yeah. Did, so, so from friends. kindergarten right the way through? Yeah. So, yep. I'm just, I've just finished year 12 last year mm-hmm. and so she's in year 12 this year. Okay. Um. But yeah, she's, we've just grown up with the same spiritual journey kind of a thing. Well, different, obviously everyone has their own, but just always had the same thoughts towards everything and just grew up together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let me summarize this. At the age of three, you've heard the story of the cross for the first time and that touched your heart. Yes. Then a few years later in kindergarten, you've got Christian friends who've learned sign, mm-hmm. sign language, just so that they can be friends with you and, and, and your family. Mm-hmm. You're growing in your Christian experience. Was there a point where you ever wandered away from God? Oh, I don't know. I think I didn't really have a strong... Well, it was strong. I never not had a faith. Mm -hmm. But it just... Like, I think your spiritual journey, like, it's always a journey where you keep growing. Yep. And you can have a relationship with God in so many different ways. And it's not like oh, this one time I did this one thing with God and it, that's what I'm going to do every single time. I think sure. it always is growing and evolving and moving. When did, when did your faith go from being a childlike faith to an adult faith? Like it really became your own. Um. <laughs> she was three, like. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I was it's just... kind of always been my own yeah. since there's no one in my family since... that has the same kind of, apart from my mum who I can talk to about it and she recognises that the Seventh-day Adventist church is... The most biblical, yep. which is amazing. I actually. When were you? When were you baptized? Only the start of last year. Oh, really? Okay. I, yeah, I wanted to be baptized like ever since I was like ten, yeah. and it was around ten, I think, that I um, made the commitment to be going to church every week because uh-huh. I just recognized that every week I would go, I'd have such a better week than when I wasn't. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. But it was actually that year after I met my best friend. Um, I wasn't planning on staying at that preschool, so I moved to a school that my parents put me to because they just knew I was so different to the rest of my family. And it was Canberra Christian School. Mm -hmm. I'm from, yeah, from Canberra. And um, it's connected to a Seventh-day Adventist school. Yep. Um, Church, sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, it would teach you stuff about the Bible and everything just made sense. Yeah, praise God. Yeah. And and I should encourage, uh, if you're listening in today and you are uh, around young people and they want to give their hearts to God and they want to be baptized, don't hold them back. You know, Carly got baptized what, eight years after or so after she wanted to be baptized, <laughs> um, when a young person gives their heart to God, they call it the 4 to 14 window. And that's the most critical time for a young person to be baptized because if they slip past that window, usually they never come back. Mm. 
But uh, if they give their lives to God at that particular time, it's usually something that will stay with them for the rest of their life. But I'm glad that uh, this is something that's staying with you for the rest of your life, Carly. And very quickly, uh, at the end of last year, you uh, went to a rise. How was that? It was amazing. Started this year. Started this year. That's right. Arise Express. So it was only the short version, but it literally, like, it did change my relationship with God and took it to a whole new level. So I recommend it to everyone. Yeah, fantastic. If they can't do the full arise. Yep. Yep. And did you teach anyone sign language while you were there? Um, A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. There you go. Yeah. Hoping to get into the evangelism thing and be teaching more people about God as well. So that'll be a good tool. That's fantastic. Well, there is Carly's story, everybody. It is great to hear a story from uh, such a unique story uh, coming from a family of uh, profoundly deaf people. We're going to move on and we are going to listen to Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. You're listening to Faith FM. Yes, sir. 
isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. (laughs) Someone called it a care package there. (laughs) Wow. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The King of Kings 
cherubim shine forth.